Welcome, high school hockey fans. It is state tournament time. And this week in Wisconsin, Prep Hockey is going to take a look at the state tournament before it all gets started. Joining me is my usual cast of knuckleheads, Bill Sr., Bill Jr., Trasher, and Tell. And uh, before we get to the state tournament stuff, what we'll do is we will uh, have our players of the playoffs. And uh, kind of like the players of the week, but the people who put in some phenomenal performances in the playoffs. And there was a lot of them. But we got a couple of uh, we got a couple of uh, winners here. One boy, one girl, and, and burglar. Go ahead and uh, let us know who it is. I can do that uh, because somebody wrote it up and stuck it in front of me. He will once he unmutes himself. I can do that because somebody wrote it up and stuck it here in front of me. Uh, our Wyndham Garden Inn of Fitchburg, players of the playoffs. Uh, the Wyndham Garden Inn, uh, as we have mentioned every week, is the official state tournament headquarters of Wisconsin Prep Hockey, and we will be invading their space on Wednesday evening and not leaving until sometime Saturday. Uh, on the boys' side, our player of the playoffs was one is one Cole Fenske, a forward from Rice Lake. Uh, in the regional final, he had a goal in a 3-1 to one win over New Richmond. In the sectional semifinal, he had both goals in a 2 to nothing win over Amory. And in the sectional final, he had two goals and two assists in their big win over top-seeded Hayward. So Cole Fenske, a forward from Rice Lake, is our boys' player of the playoffs. And on the girls' side... On the schedule, she only played in one game, but it was actually a lot longer than one game. Uh, Abigail Severson, goalie from Viroqua, uh, played in the regional final. They Viroqua lost 2-1 to one to Black River Falls in how many overtimes? Six overtimes, Six Burglar. overtimes. Total of 108 saves out of 110 shots uh, in what ended up being the equivalent of uh, over two games um, that was played all in in like one game time frame. Uh, 80, or 98.2% save percentage for that. Abigail Severson, goalie from Viroqua, our girls, Wyndham Garden in a Fitchburg player of the playoffs. They'll be talking about her for a long time, that performance. All right, well, let's uh, go and start taking a look at the brackets, what we got set up for uh, the state tournament. Let's start in the uh, D2 bracket in the boys, Final X Springs and Rice Lake, and Pines and Somerset. And uh, who would like to start off with this one? I got you, MJ. All right, I did some some digging looking at the last 10 years of the state tournament. Uh, in those 10 years, obviously, eight teams, you know, the previous seasons, eight teams were available for the tournament. Uh, of those 80 slots, 14 were taken by teams that are currently in Division Two. Their record in those 10 state tournaments is 5-13. And, and that's 
got to be a big part of the reason why we have two division hockey. Small schools are not going to have as big a player pool to draw from, so they're not going to have teams that are as deep as those in the larger schools. Um, the only team in those 10 years that has won more than one game uh, in D2 at the state tournament is Superior. They went 1-1 one and one in 2013. Obviously, they won the whole thing in 2015. Uh, none of the, the, the D2 schools that have qualified for the state tournament since then has won a game. Anago, West Salem, twice, and Springs. So that's why we have two-division hockey like all of the other sports now. Um, so just want to get that out there. Um, first game, Rice Lake uh, taking on St. Mary's Springs. Uh, this is a, a game where... You know, fools would look at, you know, Rice Lake as being the four seed in their section. Um, they beat, I forgot who their first opponent was, but then they beat top seeded Amory and second seeded, uh, Hayward. Uh, the first game was against fifth seed New Richmond. Um, and you look at them and they come in and they face Fondy Springs and a fool will tell you that, you know, they're going to face a team unlike any they've played before, but that's absolutely not true for Rice Lake because they play in the Big Rivers Conference. So they played two games against Hudson. <clears throat> and two games against Eau Claire Memorial, and two games against Chippewa Falls, and two games against Eau Claire North. Um, they didn't have a lot of success in those games, but Fondy Springs is absolutely not a team like one they haven't seen before. Um, they've got a lot of experience playing tough games. Uh, looking at the the strength of schedule from the, the computer rankings from all the D2 teams, the top uh, strength of schedule in D2 was superior, as it generally is. Second was St. Mary's Springs, and third, fourth, and fifth were the three Division Two teams that are in the Big Rivers Conference. Um, that's a, just a brutal schedule, and I think it prepared Rice Lake quite nicely uh, for their playing in in Section One and D Two. Uh, they were the only Big Rivers team in that section. Uh, the other two were down in in Section Three, and they handled their business. Uh, they did really well coming in. Um, on the other hand. You know, those games they played against those D2 schools in the Big Rivers did not go their way, and many of them were not particularly close. So we could be looking at a game between Springs and Rice Lake where we're looking at a running time, you know, game in the state tournament. On the other hand, um, Rice Lake is not going to be afraid of Springs coming in like so many teams are that first time they get down to Madison. They're, they're, as battle-tested as a high school hockey team can be. Uh, that's just a brutal schedule they played through all year. And their their goalies and their defense have really stepped up in the playoffs. Um, their their save percentage has gone from around 89 to 95 in the playoffs, um, so it'll be nice to see that. But they're going to have to find a way to stop Brady Welsh, uh, Joe Pavelski Award finalist, Noah Pickert, um, Davis Drew Whiskey Award finalist, and then you got the freshman goalie for Springs who's – playing just about as well as anybody in the state. Obviously, they have not allowed a goal so far in the playoffs, so they've got that going for them. On the other side of the bracket, you've got Somerset and Northland Pines. Uh, interesting fact, since we just talked about the Big Rivers so much in Rice Lake, Somerset had to beat the other two Division II uh, Big Rivers teams to get to the state tournament. Uh, they beat both River Falls and Menominee. Um, both those were 3-2 games. One of them was overtime. Um, so they've had a, a nice little run here. Uh, they've also picked up their defensive and goalie play, another six or so percentage points on their save percentage versus what they had in the regular season. And Northland Pines, 
Um, as great as they've been all this all year, uh, they have gotten first place votes in our top six voting. They've never actually cracked first place, but they've gotten votes. Um, they've dropped a couple stinkers on the ice this year. Uh, Trash and I were at their game against Stevens Point, and while they looked good on offense, they looked outright bad on defense. Um, I don't think they covered a splash player in front of the net the entire game. Um, their game against Mosinee, they beat Mosinee nine to nothing and six to nothing going to that sectional final. And if it wasn't for a boarding call in the third period, they might be going back to Eagle River with nothing. Um, so there's some inconsistencies in their play that they need to work out. If they come out in the state tournament and they look ahead to you know the expected matchup with St. Mary's Spring, Somerset could jump on them. Uh, Bodie Smith, uh, their top defenseman, is also their top scorer. Um, he could put a couple goals in. Um, Somerset could get them. It's just if Pines is looking ahead or they they drop one of those games where they just don't have it out on the ice. That's an interesting synopsis on Northland Pines because you know we've seen them all year. You know, be in that uh, top six, but yet you, you know, you guys have had the chance to see a couple stinkers by them, and you know, well, in like the game against Spash, it was it was in their defensive zone was the only place they looked bad. In the offensive zone, they were flying around. They made Spash look very slow offensively. Pines could do whatever they want with the puck, except uh, that night they couldn't put it in the net. Um, it ended up being six to three with an empty netter for Spash, um, but. Yeah, and this game against Mozanie. They in two game previous games with Mozanie, they scored fifteen goals. In this one they scored four and you know, it was one through two periods until that major power play. And yeah, you know, I was I was at that game and uh as uh, uh, grandson Brett was with me and his knock on, on Northland Pines offensively was that they kept going well he he calls it they kept going for the pretty goal. Um, they made some nice passes and tried, you know, setting up, you know, make a couple of passes and set up a guy on the back door. Uh, they had, a, they had like, uh, I think in the first couple of periods they had uh, two crossfires, and in the third period they had a, they had two pipes that they hit. Um, but defensively, they they gave up some uh, some odd man rushes and some breakaways to Mozanie that their goaltender uh, Brett Wilkins bailed them out. On, on some of those and kept it close. And then, you know, they finally did put it together. Uh, their power play looked really good. They did put it together uh, during that, that major and tied it up and then scored to win it right after that. But, yeah, they've – I mean, I, I we didn't expect that. Um, I mean, Mosinee, uh they had to go to overtime against Rhinelander the game before. Um, you know, so we just kind of expected Pines to have their way. Maybe they expected to have their way with them too. Um, I don't know, but they're going to have to shore up their defense a little bit. They can't uh, count on Wilkins to stop everything that their that their defense gives up, um, and you know, just get some dirty yeah, goals, I mean, get the puck to the Wilkins. Net. I don't, I don't know if they're just overconfident in Brett Wilkins. I mean, he was one of our Kirk Dobbinsbeck finalists last year. Um, he's not this year. Uh, when we went to that game where they played Spash again in January, um, he was at I think eight nine one for save percentage on the season. Um, and and I'm like, well, you know, what's up with that? Then I watched the game with Spash, and I'm like, oh, they're not giving him any support at all. Um, no, I think so, they, they even took Gunnar Schiffman, their, their best defenseman, and made him a forward. Yeah, early in the season, they moved Gunnar Schiffman uh, from defense to forward. And, yeah, it's they're, they're not, at least what we've seen of them, they're not 
they're not strong in front of their net. And when you get down to Madison, you really should be. Okay, guys. Anything well, else? Before, yeah, Junior, um, on that article that you wrote up for the preview here, the one thing that jumps out at me is I like the way you put the penalty minutes up there. Uh, but what did you see with Bodie Smith there? Because I, I see on here that he has 61 penalty minutes on the season. Is that going to be something that they got to worry about? I think the, that's, that happens for a couple of reasons. Uh, first off, there's not that many teams in the state where your leading scorer is a defenseman. And I think his ice time is part of why he has so many penalty minutes. And I, when I put it, when putting those widgets on the site, you know, for forwards, you do points, goals, assists, you know, points per game, that kind of thing for defensemen. We'd like to put plus minus up, but teams don't track plus minus throughout the season. So we can't put that up. So penalty minutes is always something that's been on the back of like, if you get a pack of hockey cards, the defenseman's always got PIM on the back. Uh, so that's what I use for the defenseman, but he's on the ice a lot. Um, he's got to be on the ice uh, of the 51 minutes, 30 of them, if not more. Uh, he he just piles up the ice time both ends, and he's a he's a very high energy player, and yeah, that'll get you some penalties. He had two penalties in their in their final against uh, Menominee, um, and I want to say I have to go look at the score sheet. I believe uh, at least one of Menominee's goals came while Bodie Smith was sitting in the box. Um, which is not where you want your best player to be because besides, you know, being their best player overall, he's probably their best penalty killer. A couple comments guys on, uh, Fondy Springs and Rice Lake. Um, the leading scorer for, uh, Rice Lake Cole Fenske with 21 points would place seventh on the Fondy Springs team. And in the game that I watched Fondy Springs take care of, uh, uh, Wapan, um, Brady Welsh, definitely the best kid out on the ice, 66 points on the year. Noah Pickard, an all-everything defenseman. He skates with the talent of a figure skater, but he is a hockey player. I mean, this guy is unbelievable on his skates, making moves, you know, different changes of direction that you would have never guessed. Probably two, three, four times during the game, I was absolutely in awe of what he did to, like, escape a, a check or to get around a guy or whatever. Uh, Fondy Springs is going to be a tough, tough road to hoe for Rice Lake. Um, and then on the other side, uh, Pines and Somerset. Somerset making their first trip. They got some nice players. Uh, Junior, you saw him play. And, you know, we also saw Pines play. They had a kind of a clinker against Spash. But I think in this game, they're going to be ready to go. Um, in my opinion, Fondy Springs, Northam Pines in the championship game, guys. Well, I mean, I think you kind of have to be crazy not to make that your pick. Um, I wouldn't be, you know, just based on what I've seen this year, you could, you know, the other teams could make a case. But, yeah, I mean, you'd have to be crazy for that not to be your pick. And they've been one and two in the top six all year. And I don't know, like, how many weeks has it been since one of them was voted anything other than one or two? I mean, have they been one and they've been one and two all year? And I, I don't I think, think any yeah, of them I has, think they like, have been. Have they gotten a third place vote even? No, I mean, I don't, I, I don't think anybody else has gotten not. a second place vote. 
No, no. In no. fact, there, in, there's a there's a gap there. In fact, we've we've even talked uh, that you know had this still been a uh, a single a one division state tournament, you know, Springs and Pines uh, would each each have been you know solid contenders to make it out of their section in the old format. Their their teams. Yes, are that I good. believe. I believe Springs was in the the section with USM and Arrowhead. Um, that would have been a hell of a section with them still in there. Um, Pines, their only real competition. I mean, they already lost a Spash once, but I don't think that would have played into the playoffs. Their only real competition on the other side would have been Wasa West, and uh, we see what happened to them when they played Chippewa Falls. Were any of you guys surprised about that? That Chippewa Falls just dismantled Wasa West? wasn't terribly surprised that they won, but the manner of victory was a bit surprising. I mean, you guys, you guys see Wausau West more than I do, and you guys know the level of schedule they play, and you know they, the talent that they have. Just, I think you're right, Junior. About the the gap of how much they lost by was just kind of. When was the last time Wausau West lost like that in the playoffs? I mean, probably a long time. I mean, when was the last time Wausau West was on the, the short end of running time in the second period? I was at that game, so yeah, it was yeah. Uh, it was unusual. Yeah, it's, it's kind of just weird how they ended their season because, yeah, their last game of the regular season was a seven-four loss to Edgewood. You've got to, I mean, they hadn't given up seven goals in a game all year. Their second game of the season, they gave up five to Notre Dame, but we can get you know more on that when we talk D one. But I mean, West, I mean, you have to go back like nine games total to find seven goals um, that Wasa West gave up. Um, and then, yeah, they get seven by Edgewood, and then, yeah, seven by Chippewa Falls is kind of weird. Then Chippewa Falls can squeak out two, which is just enough against Hudson to win the uh, sectional championship. All right, guys. Uh, you guys ready to move on to talk about the girls? Yeah, Trasher wants to. All right, let's talk about girls. The uh, Metro Lynx and the Rock County Fury and the Fox City Stars and the Hudson Raiders. So you're looking at basically the two teams in the north and the two teams in the south playing against each other. Fox City Stars has been in and out of uh, our top six, if I remember correctly. Uh, Metro Lynx has been in there. Those two teams have been in there, but uh, Hudson, Girl, and the Fury, I don't think have been in there all year. But yet here it is, the state tournament, and here they are. Fox Cities was down five or six for pretty much all of the year. Fox Cities and Hudson is a repeat of last year's championship game that went two overtimes. Um, so that'll be that'll be fun to watch. And that's a, and that's a, a semifinal game. Yep, in the in the Lynx and Rock County is a, is a, a conference game, so they've already they've already played twice, and I'm sure the Lynx are itching to get another shot at Olivia Cronin. Um, Those two teams split during the season. The last time the uh, Fury beat them up on their own place, so they took turns beating each other on the other's ice, but. Um, 
these these two teams are very very familiar with each other. They see each other twice a season, and now a third time to decide it. Well, this the first game will be um, pretty sure this is right. The Metro Lynx and Rocconi. Uh, this would be the first trip for the Metro Lynx. Mike McCursey has done a great job with his team. They finished the year. 23-3. and three. Uh, They were kind of battling with Cap City, I think, for jockeying for position to see who was going to be the best Madison area team. Uh, Metro Lynx ha- had a really nice season. Brock County Fury finished 18-8 and eight during the year. They won four in a row at the end. They had a couple, couple of losses prior, prior, <laughs> prior to that, yeah. But... Um, this will be, I think, a really good game, and I think what it is going to boil down to is who can stop the other team's top guns. Uh, Rock County Fury have the Hanson sisters. Uh, MJ, you're familiar with these young ladies, Annika Einbeck, Alyssa Knopf, Haley Knopf, number three, four, five on your scorecard, number one, two, and three in your heart. They have combined for between 65 and 68% of the goals and points for that team. They are the heartbeat of that Rock County Fury squad. On the other side of the coin, Metro Lynx with Sydney Rath's 32 goals, 20 assists. She's the big goal scorer on that side, but she's not the only one. I mean, they have uh, Rachel Merwall, Kea Bice, uh, Hannah Copine. They have some good players, and I think this one, you know, uh, Goaltenders are both good. Uh, Metro Lynx has been splitting Cam McCursey and Eddie Armstrong. And, uh, of course, we talked about Olivia Cronin for Rock County. They're, you know, let's flip a coin. They're all very good goalies. Uh, defense is kind of a, a coin flip as well. I think this one boils down to which team can shut down the other team's big guns. Uh, and, like I said in my preview, duh, and that's Basically what it boils down to, I think whoever can shut down the other team's top forwards is going to win this game. And I would agree with you on this, Michael. That's like, that's about how it's going to end up being. Um, that was one of the things, you know, as we were talking about the Cap City Cougars in the sectional final, talking to some of the people who know Cap City, they said that's the problem they've had all year. They just haven't scored much. And when they got to the sectional final with a chance to uh, – and I'll go to state, and they couldn't do it again. So, uh, if sit if uh, the Metro Lynx want to play some defense, they can play some defense. Go ahead, and, Del. But you know, the thing is, is that first period, I did not realize that Cap City had as many shots on goal as they did. I talked to Jeff at the, between periods, and he said, "Yeah, we put 14 shots on goal." And it just did not seem like they had that many shots on goal as you went. The, they had the shots. They had the opportunities. They put one shot on that the goalie for uh, the Lynx never saw it, and it hit her right in the face mask. And I go, you know, the, the opportunities were there. The final score is 3 nothing. The last goal on that's an uh, empty net goal. And one was a power play goal. And the first goal was one that I think if you ask Holman, she, she'll, t- she'll tell you she should have been able to stop that one. Uh, Grace Bonnell took the shot from inside the blue line, managed to get through a crowd, and it slipped underneath Holman in net to give him the one to nothing lead. I, I go, 
that game wasn't decided until, really until that empty netter was in. But there at the the third period, I'd say halfway through it, you could see the exhaustion setting in on the Cap City Cougars. Well, we've talked about it all year. I mean, yeah, like MJ said, you know, they having trouble putting the puck in the net, and that's kind of been the whole uh, the whole uh, thing for the girls this this season is putting pucks in the net. Um, out of our twelve players of the week, uh, seven of them on the girls' side have been goalies. Uh, because they got either two or three shutouts that week um, because the, the goal scorers on the girls' side just aren't out there this year. Well, I think if you look at even at the uh, sectional um, semifinal games, I think you had three one nothing shutouts on the girls' side, you know, to make it to the sectional finals. And that, that you know, yeah, you're, you're hoping everybody's playing their best hockey at this point of the season. But I think that goes to your point that you and MJ are making. You know, there wasn't that prolific scorer out there this year for the girls. Or was it the fact that the defenses and the goalies were just that good? I mean, it could be a combination of both, well, you know? I'll, I'll, I don't, I'll, I don't I'll think tell so, you. because I think shots per game are right around where they've always been. Um, just looking at what I've looked at, shots per game are right around where they've always been. They're just not going in the net. Watching Rock County play USM in that game, um, it was all Cronin. It was all Cronin by far. USM was the deeper team. But it seemed that whenever USM was set up to score, Cronin had the answer. And that was what made the difference. Well, I think a big part of this, too, is, uh, yeah, they only scored one goal. but um, watch out down in Madison, uh, Einbeck, Knopf, Knopf, the, ha- the Hansen sisters are going to be tough. And if they're rumbling and ready to go, I think, uh, you know, definitely going to be a, a, a handful for the, the Metro Lynx. But um, then on the other hand, too, if uh, they don't stop Rass, I mean, we could have a 6-5 game here. Uh, hard to say. It could be one nothing. It could be 6-5 state tournament. You just never know, MJ. Well, the other thing that you need to remember is when it comes to speed, you're going to be hard tasked to keep up with Metrolink speed. They're, they have speed, and they have a little more depth on there than what you realize. Uh, they they rotate those players in very quickly, and they're constantly on the tack. I got to see them against the ECA Stars. It was the first time I saw them this year. And from what I saw then to the sectional final, it, it was really two different teams on the ice when, it, you know, the way they were. Well, those games will be on Thursday. Um, and what do you want to call that? The, the evening? That is the evening session. session. And for people who care about such things, um, Hudson is just Hudson, not a co-op. That's true. There are very few of those left. And they yeah. take pride in that as long, I think, along with uh, North of Pines, I believe, as well, right? Well, I mean, yes, those are the those are the only two single school teams in the state, Hudson and Northland Pines. 
But like Medford and Rib Lake, that's why you'd call a proper co-op and not a mega co-op. Like Rib Lake doesn't have enough students to field a hockey team. Viroqua Westby Youth Initiative, proper co-op. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you look at it, you know, co-ops that don't make up more than one boys team, uh, you've got five other ones, Medford, Rib Lake, Viroqua, and Beaverdam. So um, those five teams, Hudson, Northam Pines, and the three I just listed, are, are single, basically single-team co-ops. Two things before we move on out of the girls. Uh, you were talking about USM against Rock County, MJ? Yes. USM averaged less than, one, less than two goals per game, 1.96 goals per game this year. So it's not, you know, they don't, they didn't have a prolific scoring team either, uh, going against Rock County. But now, since we're talking about, uh, high powered offenses, uh, Junior, you, you pointed out that Fox City Stars offense, or I believe last week you talked about their offense and they were probably one about the highest scoring offense on the girls this season. Yeah. Uh, I, for my money, they're the, the best offensive team in the state on the girls side. Um, they have the least fall off. Uh, I did some ransom numbers, you know, of what they look like against everybody and what they look like against the other top teams in the state. And when it comes to goals per game, they have the least fall off when it comes to playing against those, those really good teams. Uh, they average, um, in their games against, uh, I counted, uh, the Eau Claire area stars, the Madison Metro Links, the Central Wisconsin Storm, Cap City Cougars, St. Croix Valley Fusion, Fox City Stars, and Rock County. In their game against those teams, they averaged 3.43 goals per game. Second on that list against those teams was the Storm at three goals per game. Third, Metro Links at 2.63 goals per game. Um, so the Fox Cities are almost a full goal better than any of those other teams when playing against the top competition. And you saw that in their sectional final against the Storm. They lit them up. Um, uh, it's just... Uh, on the flip side, Fox Cities also had the second highest goals against per game in those games. So that they'll just, give them up. They're an offensive just, team, but they'll give them up. That just seems funny. You're talking about, uh, you know, they took it to the Storm. I mean, that was... I mean, could you guys see that coming? I mean, I've I've seen the Storm play five times this year. Twice against Eau Claire area, once against Fox Cities, once against the Metro Lynx, and once against Onalaska. Um, the Metro Lynx beat the Storm in the game I watched. They tied Eau Claire area the first time I watched them. Um, this game against Fox Cities was the first time I actually felt that the, the, the other team on the ice was better than the Storm and, like, obviously better just watching the game. Um, like the Metro Lynx beat the Storm, but they didn't really feel like the better team to me. They just got a couple good breaks, and and it worked out in their favor. They didn't feel like lesser than the Storm, but it felt like an evenly matched game. When I watched the Fox, the Stars, and the Storm, the the Stars looked like a just a better hockey team. And the, the Central Wisconsin Storm has owned their section since they were formed. In fact, this is the first year that they're not going to the state tournament, but. As all of the smaller schools have folded or merged and become co-ops, and the number of teams in their original section has dwindled, they, the other teams have moved in. Um, like last year, last year uh, the Bay Area team was in the same section as the Storm, and this year the Fox City Stars are in the same section because you have to keep the number of teams in each section balanced. So. 
uh, yeah, the storm had a stranglehold on that section for a long time, but you know now they have to share it with you know two other you know mega co-ops. Well, actually three if you want to you know what's happened with the uh, the Wisconsin Valley Union you know taking over the rest of the the Wisconsin Valley Conference and uh, soon to be the Great Northern Edge um, because it from what I understand it doesn't sound like uh, Northland Pines is going to have enough. Uh, players to field their own team next year, and they may have to merge in with the other ones. Um, yeah, so, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't think Medford will either. So, I mean, Northland Pines and Medford could both be merging with somebody next year, which is two more teams out of Section Two. So, someone else is going to have to move over. Um, yeah, I mean, that could be, geez, could be from the east, could be from the west, could be. It from could the be. South. I mean, it could be Chippewa Falls Menominee. Um, yeah, who else is area. close? Even Eau Claire area. Yeah, those are both. Those are probably the two closest. Guys, ready to move on to the boys D one? Sure. Um, we didn't really talk about the Hudson and Fox Cities game, or did we? Not so much. We talked about the teams, not so much the game. Yeah. Well, well did, did you want to make a prediction? Go ahead. Yeah. No, let's just talk a little bit. Um, raw numbers, uh, the Metro Lynx and the Fox City Stars were pretty even during the season on goal scored. If you believe what the WIA website says, it's 131 for Fox Cities, 138 for the Metro Lynx. So they, they can both score goals. Um, Fox City's against the Hudson Raiders. Hudson only scored 73 goals during the year. So they're going to be hard-pressed to score. But I think they play uh, some pretty good defense. Uh, Elena Kunshir has been pretty good in goalie um, the last uh, probably half a dozen games or so. She's been outstanding. She's had a nice year. She's got a 921 save percentage and a 213 goals against, which is a little bit high, but I think they, you know, Hudson plays against Minnesota teams, and there's that Minnesota bias, I guess, that plays in, but um, that, you know, that that should be a good game. Uh, I think Fox Cities, if they play their game, definitely will have a little bit of an edge against Hudson, but uh, I would not bet the farm on this one. I think Hudson is going to be kind of a, a, a surprise team. They're 13-12-1 on the year. Probably not as, I mean, it's like a superior coming in when they played uh, a few years back, and I think they won the state title and with like a 14-13 and 13 record or something like that, just barely 500, but they won a state tournament. Uh, so Hudson could do, you know, be the same thing, but I think Fox City's, Definitely wants to uh, repeat what they did last year, and that's when a, a state championship. But, Trasher, as you, you were saying, you, you can't count Hudson out. I mean, uh, how many people have counted them out against the Fusion, turned around and counted them out against the ECA Stars, you know, and they ended up winning both of those games and coming in here. They took Fox City Stars to a double overtime of state last year. You know, they're coming in with the idea they have unfinished business down here. But, it, you know, I expect it to be a close game. And I, I honestly think it, this could be a pick em. And, you know, don't forget, you know, 
nothing away from from Jeff Fox and his his staff, but Hudson, both their teams have elite played at the highest level coaching staffs. Um, the assistant coach uh, Karen By Dietz on their team, I mean, she's in the the hockey the, the hockey hall of fame. Uh, with those U.S. Olympic teams, and when she's sitting on your bench and she tells you to do something, you say yes, ma'am, and you do it. Um, there, there's no <laughs> arguing with that. Um, I was sitting by the Hudson bench in their sectional final against Eau Claire area, and um, yeah, they're, they're excellent coaching staff. They had a, a little group huddle uh, after the teams left at the end of the first and second periods. Um, discussing you know what changes they were going to make going into the next period right there on the bench before they even went back and you know do what go you know coaches do between periods which is yell at the team um i assume that's always what it was when i was playing um you know and they yeah they you can't discount that uh on you know the boys side we've talked about you know davis jerisky has has been an assistant at hudson the last few years and now karen by an assistant uh on the girls side uh plus had head coach uh matt i can't pronounce his last name um, you know they have they have an elite coaching staff. Um, Jeff Fox has done a really good job in Fox Cities, but I mean there's just something about having that person who's played at the top level sitting on your bench that fires the team up. Well, yeah, I mean all Jeff Fox has as an assistant coach is Chris McGurk for crying out loud. What's he ever done? Yeah, I mean <laughs> you know he's just a ref. He's just a ref. He's not an Olympian. Chris, oh. we love you. You're a second favorite uh, referee. Uh, you're one of our favorite hockey coaches, and people were just giving you crap. You're I a good that, guy. I think that whole thing for me was just a big old lead-in for Burglar to <laughs> take a dump on Chris. And he did. Let's move along then, shall we? Boys Division One. My, oh, my. Uh, Notre Dame. Uh, they're going to be the favorite in this whole thing, of course. But uh, university schools, you're defending state champion, and they're back. You're also looking uh, at Verona taking on Chippewa, Chippewa Falls. Chippewa Falls hasn't been there since 1999. 21 years. Yeah, and I missed apparently the headline of the decade, according to Junior. Party like it's 1999. Yeah, I completely missed that. I thought I had some good parallelism, but apparently I was like one topic short. But yes. uh, yeah, uh, Chippewa Falls, though, I mean, they looked really good. They got the Isaacs. They got Isaac Fernet, Isaac Lindstrom, who are two very good scorers, 53 and 51 points, respectively. They got four bows on the team. Sawyer Bow. Trevor Bow, Cole Bow, and Jack Bow, or oh, actually five, and Drake Bow. I don't know if they're cousins, brothers, or what, but um, there's some pretty good kids on the team. Uh, I think it was Cole Bow that actually scored the game winner in the game against Hudson. Uh, so, I mean, don't count this team out because if you would have looked at the game that they played against Hudson, you would have said, well, Hudson's like, Hudson is Hudson. They're going to win this game. Chip Falls took it to them. Uh, so definitely don't count them out down there in Madtown. They got a nice team. Uh, Scott Parker is uh, a good coach. and uh, He's been up I'm, there for a long time. 
Yep, he said he was the the guy that that headed the team in '99, so he's been there yes, for he probably 25 years, and uh, a good guy, a good coach, and I think he's got a pretty good team this year. Uh, Bridger Fixmer in that I think is the real deal. He's got some really good numbers: 944 and a 159. And uh, he's going to be, I mean, there's just so many good players at this tournament. You just, you know, you look at them and you go, yeah, this guy's good, this guy's good, this guy's good. And you say, holy shit, there's really not any bad players, you know, like at net or the top forwards and defensemen in this tournament. So, uh, I mean, there could be surprises or, you know, maybe the favorites will win. We don't know. just looking forward to next week for sure. Well, this is going to, I think this is going to be a, a low scoring uh, tournament at the Division One level. Um, you look at our award nominees, our finalists uh, for the Davis Drewiski Award, three out of the five are, are in this. You have uh, Jake Conrad, a defenseman from Notre Dame. Uh, you have Nathan Jurens, a defenseman from. Uh, Verona. Verona and Alex Thundercloud from University School, and three out of the four goalies in this Division One bracket are our Kirk Dobbinspec finalists: Bo Buckley uh, from Notre Dame, Bridger Fixmer from Chippewa Falls, and Caden Grant from Verona. So I think goals are going to be hard to come by um, on this uh, in this the Division One. There's a uh... You know, you're talking about Chippewa Falls there. There's an interesting parallel from their regular season. They had a stretch uh, January 14th, 16th, and 21st. They lost one to nothing to Eau Claire North, three to nothing to Hudson, and four to one to Wausau West. And those are the three teams that they had to beat to go to state. Um, and yeah, they did. Uh, that game against Eau Claire North, they lost three to one. They outshot North 26 to 24 in their rematch in the playoffs. They they beat them, or they beat them three to one in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, but then in the you know Wasa West Wasa West beat them four to one and outshot them by a lot. Uh, they narrowed that gap. Just Wasa West outshot them by eight shots, but Chippewa Falls beat them eight to one in that playoff game. Hudson outshot um, Chippewa Falls twice by a wide margin in both of their. Uh, Big Rivers Conference matchups in the sectional final. It was 25 to 23 in shots. Chippewa Falls won two to one. So something, I mean, every team should get better over the course of a season, but Chippewa Falls seems to have gotten a lot better uh, to close those gaps because Wausau West and Hudson, uh, you know, the, those regular season losses really uh, outshot them, which, you know, really shows puck possession as much as we can see it uh, from a score sheet. And they've just, sucked that gap down they really improved uh at a level that i don't think we see out of most teams going to state well, um, yeah in their three playoff games Chippewa falls even they won all three playoff games but ended up getting outshot in in total shots for the three games but uh not all i mean some of that was may have been by design because uh they only put two shots on goal in the third period um, against Wausau West, they they started that period with a, a seven to nothing lead, um, running time, and they were content to dump the puck, to ice the puck. Just you know, they they they, they weren't even they 
they didn't care to score anymore. They just, you know, whatever just takes time off the clock, let's keep the clock moving and get this game over with and go on to the next one. The only time they got concerned at all about scoring was uh, uh, Wausau West took a cheap penalty towards the end of the game, and that kind of riled up the Cardinals. So they went down and scored a goal right away just, you know, to say, ha-ha, that's what you do when somebody does something dumb like that. Um, but other than that, I mean, yeah, they they got outshot in that third period by Wausau West because they didn't care. <laughs> I mean, the the shots were from the outside. They were, you know, Fixmer had had control of things. You know, we're just, you know, let's say get this game over with and move on to the next one. Well, and one other thing I noticed, you know, this this bracket was the last one to come out. Uh, the boys D two and the girls bracket came out within like 15 minutes of each other, and this one was like an hour later. So Burglar and I were arguing about, you know, why did this one take so long? At first, we thought there was a conspiracy theory that if Notre Dame was going to be one, USM had to be four, so we couldn't have a private school final. And then when we saw the bracket actually come out with Chippewa Falls at two and Verona at three, we're like, well, that's why it took them forever. Because Verona was a number one seed, Chippewa Falls was a three seed, and now Verona's the two seed in the tournament, and Chippewa, or, or Chippewa Falls is the two seed in the tournament, and Verona's the three. There's no way that they didn't argue about that. Well, I actually got an email from Scott Parker, Chippewa Falls coach, about 11.30, asking me to send him the either stack or USHSHO rankings. And I said, well, I, I was at work, so I didn't see it right away, but I responded a little bit later. I said, I don't think that there has been an update. And he's his response after that was like, never mind. So he got his number two ranking, and I, he was probably good with it. But um, the a couple of things here that I got that I can mention is that Verona's won a, a state title in 2014. Um, USM has won three of them in 2006, 2010, and 2019, and Notre Dame has won in 2012. So, I mean, there's three teams here that have been there, won it, I mean, is that a huge advantage in your guys' mind? What do you think? Were any of those any of the play, current players on one of those winning teams? USM, USM, well, USM yes. because they were okay. there last year. All but right. like Notre Dame's win was far enough ago, none of those players are still there. No, so that doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Do, I, do, I, do, do any of the, do any of the the Verona and Notre Dame players remember the the whole USA thing uh, when when Verona you know uh, stunned. Notre Dame, what, whatever, back in what, 2006 or whatever it was, um, spoiled their perfect season. Uh, no, th- I don't think there's any holdover from that. That was long enough ago. I mean, right up until about Christmas, um, I think there was a strong feeling that Notre Dame was going to go undefeated. They started their season 7 nothing against Superior, 5-2 against West, 9-1 against Edgewood, 8-1 against Waukesha, 7-0 against Pines, 1-0 against Eau Claire North, 2-0 against Hudson, 5-0 against Spash, 5-1 against Nina Hortonville Manasha. That's a brutal schedule to start your season, and they won every one of them. Um, and they didn't allow more than two goals in any of them. Um, and then, They do have a game against Verona in there as well. Yep. Well, that's what I'm getting to. Saturday, December 28th, Verona beat them 3-1. Um, and thus far, that is the only blip on their schedule. Uh, they also have a tie late in the season with Detroit Catholic Central. I looked it up at the time. They were ranked third 
um, in the the combined rankings in Michigan. Because Michigan's got three divisions, the combined ranking of all three had them at third overall. Um, so that's the only blip on their schedule was that loss to Verona on Saturday, December 28th. And they avenged that uh, just a couple weeks later. They beat Verona 3-2 to two in Wausau. Um, so, I mean, Notre Dame has just been a juggernaut this season. And they, they had, according to the, they had the, the strongest uh, opponent strength of schedule. So they played. They played the toughest schedule and had the best record. Um, on top of that, I would buy that. Even even in their even in their own conference. I mean, out of conference, look at their schedule. My God. Well, their own conference wasn't. All yeah, I mean, yeah. having having the toughest having the the toughest strength of schedule when their conference is Depeer, Bayport, Ashwaubenon, and Sheboygan. Yeah, uh, that says something because. Like I said earlier with Rice Lake, their conference is Eau Claire Memorial, Hudson, Eau Claire North, and Chippewa Falls. I mean, they have a built-in strength of schedule. For Notre Dame to have it with, no offense to those teams, a relatively weak conference is is pretty impressive. Um, it's like those years in in the Valley in the, the early part of the 2000s when West, Spash, and Rapids were all really good. Um, you know, Notre Dame doesn't have that in their conference, so... Uh, yeah, to, to play that tough a schedule out of conference is, is a credit to what Coach McCracken is trying to do. Junior, you got it right there. What what about Verona? Well, what did Verona's out of, out of uh, conference schedule look like? I don't have it up at the moment, but they played Notre Dame twice. They played Wausau West. Um, yeah, Verona had a very good... Uh, they played Arrowhead. They, 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 had played, the seven, they had the seventeenth strongest schedule. So I mean, when you uh, there are some that's right at seventeen puts them right at where Rice Lake, Menominee, and River Falls were. Basically, a Big Rivers schedule, um, which and is you, and you, good. Anything in the top twenty is a tough schedule. And you know what? I think the only the only reason it may have been there that I don't know if you want to call it lore or whatever. Was just because they had to play a conference schedule. The Big Eight was not the strongest conference in the state this year at all. I mean, there was Verona was the best team in the Big Eight, hands down. And they did, and, go, and they they did go. They went undefeated, and, and they got a very, and they they played a very strong non-conference schedule. They you know they won the showdown in Titletown, which you know has some of right. the top teams uh, in the state. You know, going going to Green Bay for that. Um, yeah, I mean, out of conference, they went and played Edgewood. They played University School. Um, they played, you know, obviously, Showdown and Titletown. They played Eau Claire Memorial, Wausau West, and Notre Dame, beat all three. Um, played Notre Dame again later. Uh, Arrowhead towards the end of the season. They had a game against Spash at the end of the season. So, yeah, they've um, – I mean, Spash wasn't great this year, but um, but you don't know that year to year. You just know they're typically a very good team. So, um yeah, Verona played a very tough. All three of these, uh, well, all four of these teams played very tough schedules this year, um, and you had to because they all had. Well, three of the four had very strong opponents in the sectional final, and one had a very strong goalie opponent in the sectional final. Um, Kirk Davis over there in Beaver Dam trying to spoil Notre Dame's party. Uh, I was following that game on Twitter, and I'm like, oh, come on, score goals, score goal. 
I so wanted Beaver Dam to score a goal and get that into overtime, and then I saw the second Notre Dame goal, and I was so disappointed. Guys, I think what it boils down to is, realistically, three of these teams have a great chance of winning. Chip Falls um, could be the, the, the dark horse here, but uh, I don't think there's going to be any like uh, games where it's just totally a, bl- a blowout, right? So well, I mean, you're, we you're, could well, wait, wait, we could you, still clarify, see a blowout. You, you say three of these teams have a good chance of winning. Which three are those, and which one doesn't? You say Triple Falls doesn't. I well, no, I mean they I have. Saw them made, spank. I made, saw them spank Wasa West. You saw them beat Hudson. Would you say Wasa yeah. West or Hudson didn't have wouldn't have a chance to win coming in here? No. But you just said Chippewa Falls doesn't. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm think okay, so, all right, burglar, what are you drinking there? I'm not tonight, uh, that's the problem. You Well, that is the problem, damn it. I'm coherent. Yeah, okay, that is the problem. I'm, okay, actually, listen, I'm so, actually listening to what you're saying. Yeah, okay. So let's, let's look at it this way. Verona, USM, Notre Dame have all been near the top in – the, the top six of our, our polls all through the year. Chip Falls has kind of been, eh, they, I think they might have made, cracked the top six once. Um, and, you know, I mean, if you look at it that way, there's so there's your three teams, Verona, USM, Notre Dame, Chip Falls, maybe a little bit of a dark horse. I mean, not to say that they can't win it, but if you have to go with who's probably going to win it it's going to be one of these three and chip falls is going to be the team that could win it and that that's that's my opinion i mean i'm not trying to say that chip falls is a bad team i saw him play they beat hudson uh they killed wasa west uh what was it eight to one right yeah. yeah so i mean they definitely have a good team they're very fast they have some high talent players on offense. They have some good defensive players. Fixmer is definitely the real deal in that. But I think of these four teams, Chip Falls is probably the one that's going to have to fight a little harder to win the state title. That, that's but, what, that's uh, where they're seated second. Out of these four teams coming in here, who's coming in with the least to lose, really? That nobody expected to be there. Chippewa Falls, right? I so mean, that's that, that has a lot. Lose. You know, they they have, they're coming in with you know no pressure on them. Verona's got pressure on them. They're they're having to come in expecting to knock off Chippewa Falls, whereas Chippewa Falls is saying, you know, we've got this. We we beat this team. We beat this team. We there's nobody here that we should be scared of. Chippewa right, Falls and, came out of the section of death. Four of last year's state tournament teams were in section one. Chippewa Falls is the team that came out of section one, not one of those four teams that was in the tournament last year. And it's the worth noting on the, the, the composite ranking I compiled for the WHCA before the sectional seedings, Chippewa Falls is rated ahead of university school. And based on what's happened since then, Chippewa Falls might only be behind Notre Dame um, based on what the rankings are. I mean, you, 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 
they would have to rerun all the computer rankings, and we're not doing that because no. But I mean, they would they would be Notre Dame would still be number one, but yeah, Chippewa Falls could be right up there. And, you know, that's what's going to make this whole tournament a lot of fun because I think in this Division One, all four teams have a very good chance. Chippewa Falls maybe has a little bit less of an edge. <laughs> but, hey, come on, they haven't been there Scott Parker, I hope you're not listening to this because if you are, it's MJ and Trasher that are doubting you. Uh, he will Bill be Bill listening I, to this, Bill and I'm sure I'll get an earful. We're with you all the oh. way. Well, to be fair, I was going to automatically cheer for Chippewa Falls because they're red, black, and white, and everybody knows that's the proper color for a hockey team. Red, black, and white. Well, then that means you're cheering for Metro Lynx, then. Sure. Well, no, I'm cheering for Hudson. <laughs> I don't know. I guess what it boils down to is we have... 12 really good teams down here. And, uh, I mean, we can just throw out ideas and whatever about who's going to win or who's the favorite or who's the underdog. But, um, you know, no matter what it boils down to is uh, just let's have some good hockey and let's have fun and uh, let the the chips kind of fall as they may. So, um not to 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 uh, definitely um, put down anybody because they're all really good teams. They got to state tournament. That's an accomplishment in itself. And uh, you know we're we're just trying to sit here and kind of do the odds on the teams and doing the best that we can. And now we're so, setting odds. So, I'd like to. Well, no, not odds, <laughs> but just don't just don't. You know, I mean, if we pick one team over another, it's not right. the end of the world. We don't know everything. We're just, it's just our opinion. Sir, right, if we're setting look. odds, I've got yeah. uh, Notre Dame minus 2.5 and Chippewa Falls minus 0.5. So remember that, Chippewa Falls. You should be happy just to be there. Uh, there are no losers. It's it, it's a privilege just, just, just to be nominated. Well, that's trash. something I like to do every year. I want to go through. I want to go through our awards finalists that are still active in the state tournament. Okay. Uh, so for our Pavelski Award, uh, Brady Snedden and Brady Welsh, a uh, couple of Bradys for Northland Pines and Fond du Lac, are still active. Uh, Burger mentioned some of them earlier. Alex Thundercloud, Jacob Conrad, um, and Nathan uh, Jurens, uh, University School and Notre Dame Academy in Verona, uh, for the Drewski Award are still active, and for the Dobbinsbeck. Uh, Bo Buckley at Notre Dame, Bridger Fixmer at Chippewa Falls, and Caden Grant at Verona are still active. So um, at least two players uh, from each of the awards is still active. Um, And I did a little comparison uh, because I can separate out who voted for where uh, between like the coaches from D1, how they voted, and the coaches for D2, how they voted. Uh, You wouldn't believe it, but the same five finalists came out of both lists. For all three awards, um, the other coaches didn't seem to have a bias towards their own division. Uh, the coaches just all kind of agreed that those are our, our five finalists across the board. Uh, so that was pretty impressive. On the girls' side, let me get their list up. Come on, website. On the girls' side. Oof, none of our Jesse Vetter finalists are still up. Um, 
All of our goalies lost. Uh, Molly Engstrom Award. All of them lost, too. And for our uh, Janelle Sergi Award, uh, Sydney Raths and uh, Maddie Jablonski from the Fox City Stars and the Madison Metrolinx are still active. Um, obviously, those are the two highest scoring teams in the state, and those are the two highest scoring players on the two highest scoring teams in the state. So, obviously, in our offensively challenged year, they're definitely going to make the state tournament. Okay. Anything I like else? our awards. I like our awards. That's a good thing we started doing. And where will Me that too. be this year? That will be at the Alliant Energy Center Expo Hall on Friday at 4.30. Somewhere Four? on the second floor. Yes. 4.30. Be signs. There, there will be signs. It will be on the second floor. Uh, all of the uh, finalists are encouraged to attend. Um, any fans that want to. Uh, also, yeah. uh, you get to, you get to witness MJ being his MCist, uh, oh in person. Goodness. You know what we need? No, we don't. Okay. So that'll be somewhere, right. somewhere after the, somewhere after gonna... the, the, the division one boys semifinals on Friday and before the, the, the boys banquet at the exhibition hall. So if you're in the area, just stop by. Are we gonna Are we gonna live stream that anywhere? Are we gonna, gonna put that up it? on Facebook? We're gonna record it, and then we will upload it to YouTube later, um, unless the Alliant can guarantee us our internet connection for the actual thing, because we'll have it in our suite, but that's over in the other building. So right. yeah, we don't know what we'll have for internet there. Okay. All right, guys. Anything else? Question one. Okay, now that we've got this podcast uh, finishing up, when will our next one be at state? Will it be on Thursday? Will it be Wednesday night? Or what are, what are we looking at? Well, we have nothing <laughs> to talk about on Wednesday night. Either. We have to, Well, we're going to have to wait until Friday to laugh at Chasha, but we'll do one Thursday night. We laugh at Trasher. It don't matter. Yeah, we'll do one Thursday night. We'll do one sometime, <laughs> sometime that wears his hat Friday, backwards. sometime Friday, and then uh, next Monday will be the the final one for the season. That sounds good. That sounds good. What's the matter, Michael? You're grabbing your throat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you can subscribe hey, to this. Yeah, we, we try to have a good time here, right? I mean, not, we're never perfect. We're uh, kind of like the Stephen A. Smiths of uh, Wisconsin oh. prep hockey. Oh, no, and, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah, oh, we no, are. No, yeah, no, no we are. No, we're, we're, we're not you know, Stephen A. Smith or Skip Bayless. No, we're the Skip Baylesses of Wisconsin prep hockey at times. We, we, I mean, we love what we have in the state. Wisconsin hockey is awesome. But sometimes we say it like it is, and sometimes you don't like what we say, and it just, I guess it is what it is, right? The, the, the steely-eared listener will recognize that I did set odds on the D1 tournament about five minutes ago. So get your bets in. 
Give me a hundred on Chippewa Falls. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna put my money down. Take take, take us home, MJ. <laughs> All right, you can subscribe to This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, or wherever else podcasts are found. You can also watch us record the show live on YouTube. If you did that tonight, you probably you're probably wondering what on God's green earth we are are we talking about. We have no clue. All right, guys. Anything else? That'll that would be Wednesday. a no. Good That'll night, John boy. For all the boys, I'm Mike Hammett. <laughs> we'll see you at the state tournament. Come by and see us. Sweet 506, right? Yes, sir. Okay, Sweet 506. Come see us on Thursday. You've been listening to This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey.